Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Happy Valentine's Day, Dan. And happy feast day of St. Cyril and Methodius to you, Kimmy. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) So what are you doing for St. Cyril's Day? St. Cyril's Day. Yeah, today is the feast of St. Cyril and Methodius. They were bishops from, I think, Thessalonica who went to evangelize the Slavic people. They were brothers. They were brothers. Yeah. So what greater act of love than to spread the gospel? Oh, wow. What else is going on today? What about St. Valentine? Is that what people celebrate on Valentine's Day? (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. Um, but no, St. Valentine's Day, I, this is interesting because he was actually taken off the Roman calendar because of just not knowing what day he actually died. Oh. And so we do actually celebrate liturgically the feast day of St. Cyril and Methodius. On, instead of St. Valentine. On February 14th, yeah. So he got bumped to the bench, essentially, for the (laughs) Roman calendar. (laughs) So, is there anything particularly special about St. Valentine? Like, why do we why do we have a day named after him that turned into chocolates at Hallmark? <laughs> well, um, there isn't too much information about, there's too much factual information. There's a lot of, you know, um, more stories and traditions about him, but no hard factual evidence, except for he was the Bishop of Narnia. Uh, you did not mishear me. I said Narnia. The Narnia? Well, okay, so <laughs> it's a location in Italy that is spelled N-A-R-N-I, but the Romans called it Narnia. Like, well, that counts for me. Yeah. I'm Roman Catholic, so, so I'll go with the Roman pronunciation. I think that's pretty sweet. I do too. I wish I were. I wish I lived anywhere near Narnia. I probably go there all the time, and it's a lot easier than traveling via lamp post. <laughs> hey, I don't have many wardrobes that lead me into Narnia. No, me neither. But but yeah, but how there was something about his death, right, that led to him being celebrated on that led to Saint Valentine's Day. I believe so. So he was the day uh, his he died. The day of his his feast day was before the Roman feast or holiday of Lupercalia, Lupercalia, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah. And that was the day in which young people would enter into a year of courtship or proposed marriage. And so most likely as the world became more and more Christian, they said, okay, we've got this special holiday that's about love. Why don't we baptize it, so to speak, and make mm-hmm. it a little bit more about Jesus? And so it shifted from being a like a pagan celebration of, of courtship and whatnot. And that's how, uh, probably how Valentine's Day got its romantic overtones hmm. that we know it for today. Yeah. Uh, with all sorts of, of silly movies and chocolates <laughs> and spending money on things that that most people forget about. So. Yeah. And Galentine's Day. And... Yeah. Singles Awareness Day and all that fun <laughs> stuff. Well, whether you have someone to celebrate Valentine's Day with or whether you are going to be going solo, we've got a great list of movies. Yes. So rather than fight with traffic and super long lines and waits at restaurants, instead, maybe order some takeout, go home, 
and check out one of these great films. So what is, what's first up on our list here, Kimmy? First up, obviously, these movies were all chosen because of something to do with love, real love, authentic love. And so, of course, we have to include The Princess Bride. Love, true love, <laughs> will follow you forever. <laughs> no, the movie itself, I mean, you could say the theme there is true love. And that true love can even come back from the grave. Yes. To, uh, to rescue, to save. In fact, you could, not that you could say, you, we do say, Jesus' love came back from the grave. That's true. So, um, so what's Princess Bride about? We, won't, we don't want to give it away for you in case you've never seen it. Oh. Uh, but if you have never seen it, um, you've probably been living under a rock a little bit. And it is mandatory for you to get out there and see it that. It is, yeah. So find this one. Um, but the, the gist of it is, so there's a couple who at first... Have they want nothing to do with one another, or rather, the girl wants nothing to do with the guy, mm-hmm. and she slowly starts to realize how deeply he loves her. Mm-hmm. And because they're poor, he decides he will go find his fortune on the high seas, not as a pirate, <laughs> uh, but ends up getting killed by pirates, or so she thinks, mm-hmm. uh, only to come back later as. The, the worst pirate of them all, the dread pirate Roberts, uh, and rescues her from an assassination attempt. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the, what would we say is the, the deepest lesson of love that this movie teaches us? I think it's, one, it's his uh, persistent and consistent pursual of her. Yeah. Of he, just always trying to find her and seek her out and um, being there for her when he, she needed him the most. Right, from the, the moment even when she first rejected him to the time when he knew that he needed to provide more for her, so he went off and, and risked danger, risked his life, and then he rescued her, and <laughs> he, he risked his life again, and uh, fought through many, many, many enemies, and, and really did everything he could to win her back. It's very yeah. much like the love the Lord has for us. It, it's yeah. making me think of the Hound of Heaven, how the Hound chases us through the years and, and through all of the, the twists and turns of our life, no matter where we may run and, and turn away from the Lord, he never stops seeking us. Yes. So. And I love the humor that comes out in this movie, oh, because yeah. there is just so much of it. It's yeah. glorious. And I think that's an important aspect of being lighthearted and being uh, fully joyful in our love. Absolutely, yeah. No, there, you won't watch 10 minutes of this movie without a good hearty laugh. Just... I have to tell you, though, the first time I watched The Princess Bride, I was not told that it was a comedy. <clears throat> and my friend it was in, had introduced it to me, and she said that it was the best romance of all time. So I'm thinking, like, epic romance, like, thinking more like Jane Austen right. rather than, than, than what? It is. And so I thought the whole time I was like, I'm not allowed to laugh because she's going to think I'm making fun of it because it's just so farcical. And and I had missed the whole point. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of funny. It's, it's almost like showing up to a costume party and not wearing a costume. Yeah. Or you show up wearing a costume and nobody else is. And you're like, am I, am I supposed to be doing this? But no, it's, it is a great romance, but it does so well being funny. Yes, so yes. As long as you, you have a moderate tolerance of cheesy humor and goofiness, this movie will be perfect for you. Yes. And so which one are we going to talk about next, Dan? 
Um, how about the one I have not seen? Whale Rider. This one is my favorite, all-time favorite movie. And so I'm going to pitch this to you because you have not seen it. Okay. Um, those are, those are, that's a, like, you've set pretty lofty expectations to say <laughs> it is your all-time favorite movie. Well, it's, I, well, I'm going to set the standards even higher. I, I feel like I'm a better person after I watch this movie because it just brings, lifts my soul to a place. Um, so it has nothing to do with our faith. Uh, but it is the story of this, this young the young woman, Paikea, who is the chief's daughter, uh, well, the chief's granddaughter. And so she comes from a long line of chiefs in her Native American tribe. It's set in New Zealand. Not Native American, Native tribe in New Zealand. And essentially, her brother was born just before her, her twin brother, but he died in childbirth. And so the line of male leaders has now ended and her father has left the picture. Her father has wants nothing to do with anything to do with New Zealand or their culture or anything like that. And so it's this travesty in the village because now they're without a leader. They don't know who to look to. They think that they're going to lose all their traditions and they've lost hope. And so it's the story of this young woman stepping up to the plate and saying, I am, I am the leader. I am going to become this, this woman, this, this chief that you weren't expecting. And I'm going to bring our people back together and uphold our traditions. And so really it's a story about the father and the grandfather um, becoming hopeful again and discovering their traditions again and growing in love of how they were brought up through the the role of this young woman. And so there's like all this like mystical kind of uh, interesting understanding of the, the whales bringing over the first leader um, on like the first leader riding the whale, hence whale rider yeah. to get to the village. And so there's this, this really beautiful, almost spiritual undertone to the movie of it just being, it's haunting. There are some points that are just haunting because so, it's, uh, it brings you to this other place. I love movies that, that are haunting or that haunt me. Cause they, it's almost like they have these little, uh, ghost like ideas that sneak into my mind and sneak into my heart and remind me of something that's of truths that are much deeper and go beyond the movie itself. So mm-hmm. like, uh, the, the haunting truth of poetry, the haunting truth of great literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I think that's almost a, a a feature characteristic of great art, and that it lingers with you, and it always draws you to something more beautiful, deeper, more true. Yeah. So do do the the members of the tribe? Does the the grandfather chief? Do they at first struggle with the idea that a woman is going to be a chief? Yeah, well, yeah, they don't accept it. She has to prove it to them. There are all these tests that they're doing. They're trying to elect, essentially, a male leader. And she outwits, outstrengths them in, at every turn. And so finally it becomes, I don't want to ruin it for you, it becomes very clear that she has been chosen for this role. And to the point where she has to, she ends up sacrificing herself to prove it. Huh. And so um, it's this self-sacrificial love of her 
choosing to be who she was meant to be that changes the outlook of the tribe and brings them together. And so, whereas the whole beginning of the movie, you see all of these kind of desolate places and dark um, and, and just despair. And at the end, it's a celebration of their traditions. And there's so many people and there are crowds and there's music and there's drums. And, and so it's just a stark contract of what, when we say yes, um, and when we truly love those around us and we love what God has put in our lives, who God has created us to be, how that changes everything. So it seems like we've got a bit of a, a theme here of self-sacrificial love in our movies. Apparent <laughs> so a little bit in Princess Bride and then in Whale Rider again. Um, do you think Whale Rider, it sounds like it's great for a single person, yeah. especially who like really wants to be reminded of their own ability to do cool things without being in a relationship. Would uh, Do you think this would still appeal to people who are in relationships, especially guys? I know a lot of guys who really appreciate this movie. It's it's definitely an artistic movie, so it's not... I don't think it's a guy movie or a girl movie. Okay. I think it's more of like it's that in, indie feel yeah. kind of deal. And so it's more of, are you into that? Okay. And if you're into that, then you'll like it. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I'm sold. I'm going to check it out. Uh, maybe I can convince my wife to watch it tonight for, <laughs> for Sincere on the 30th day. Well, what is, what's next on our list? Oh, we've got to talk about Lord of the Rings. All right. And are we, so which, that would be probably a bit long for one night, unless you wanted to do a St. Cyril and, and Methodius marathon. Um, <laughs> but if we were going to watch just one, which one should it be? Oh, oh, you can't just watch just one. But all the themes are apparent in the last one, in Return of the King. Okay, gotcha. So... Who shows us, who teaches us the most about love? Is it Gandalf? Is it mm. any of the hobbits? Well, Frodo and Sam, their brotherhood of, and just friendship with each other as they journey to Mount Doom, um, that brotherly love is very apparent. Yeah, no, the, the bond that they have is, you can tell, I mean, that, that uh, when friendship is, when it's pure, when it's true, when it's self-sacrificial it is darn near unbreakable. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think Sam, Sam is the friend that we all want to be. And whether that's in a romantic relationship or a friendship or uh, a family relationship, Sam shows us who we're supposed to be. Yeah, he does. And Frodo, you know, it's tough because at, at times, because Frodo's so weighed down by the ring, it seems as if, um, you know, he's, he's an ungrateful friend. He's frustrating to watch. And Sam never gives up on him. Sam, mm. he's always there. He's always waiting. And you're almost tempted to say, like, hey, give up. He's being a jerk. Leave him alone. But yet it, it's, uh, he recognizes, he responds to his destiny. He responds to his call to give up something, to, to continue to pursue and persevere past the, um, the barbs of Frodo past Frodo's mm. rejections until the the end when, because of his dedication, because of literally his willingness to carry his friend, we see this great this great show of love. Yeah, so, yeah. I yeah. think I think Sam is the Sam is the person we all want to be. Yes. Well, who else in there can we can we look at? 
oh, pretty much everyone, but Aragorn also really sticks out to me because he sacrifices so much of himself to protect the Fellowship and then to step up into that leadership in the end. Yeah. No, he's got he's got ample opportunities to to really twist the mission according to his own desire. Yeah. And he recognizes, no, I have to there's times when I have to maintain the integrity of the fellowship and protect everyone, and there's times when I have to say, now it's time for Frodo and Sam to go, to do mm. their own thing. And even if it means laying down my life, I will do what I can to protect the fellowship. Mm. Uh, and I mean even at the end where he essentially says I will go out on a suicide mission mm. if that's what I need to do to give my friends more time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, Aragorn's a, a very lovable character. It's hard to, <laughs> hard to dislike him. So if you've got three hours on, on uh, the night of St. Cyril and Methodius, then go for that. And if the two nights leading up to that are free, then watch all of them together. Uh, what, day, what day of the week will... This is going to air on Valentine's this Day. This is going to air on Valentine's Day. Okay. Yeah. What day of the week is that? Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Gotcha. So if you have Tuesday off, then just do a marathon. Watch the whole thing. Yes. So what? Let's see. So speaking of, of great male characters, this one may surprise you because you probably haven't seen it in 30 years or, or maybe longer. <laughs> no, probably not that long. Um, Mary Poppins. Yes. Uh, and the, the male character in here that we're actually going to talk about is not... Dick Van Dyke, not Bert, everybody's lovable musical sing-along chalk painting artist, but rather the father. So yeah. let's look at the um, what the father teaches us about yeah. love. Yeah. Well, if you remember so much of that, you know, the, the kids are asking for their nanny and what they want in a nanny and that cute little song that they write and he tears up the paper and throws it in the fireplace. Um, he's he doesn't recognize the family that he has in front of him. And he's so caught up in the, his work and in um, providing for them monetarily and other responsibilities that he has that he doesn't actually encounter them. You're right. No, he's, uh, he's very in love with the, the role of father and not with the relationships of father. Yeah. Um, and it's through, really through the, the guidance of Mary Poppins and of, of Bert, that he comes to realize what he needs to do to be a father. But it's not without uh, hurting feelings and alienating his, his wife and his children to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and only then does he realize uh, what it means to be a father and to love and to not invest just money, uh, but to invest time in relationships. Yes. So, and then they go fly kites. They do. And Mary Poppins has a bunch of good jokes as well. So that's not the only funny one on our list. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Um. So the the next one on our list, Kimmy actually hasn't seen this. This I haven't. This one might still be in select theaters near you. I don't know if it's out yet, but it's the movie Loving. Okay. And so this is actually about uh, the court case that legalized interracial marriage. Uh, it was about a couple in, in Virginia. Their last name was Loving. So the court case, I believe, is Loving v. Virginia. And... <laughs> Uh, it was a, a white man and a black woman, and they, they fell in love and got married. But they went to D.C. to get married, and when they returned to Virginia, they were arrested and told that they had to leave the state or live as if they weren't married. And so because they were uh, they were married and they wanted to, to be a family, 
they chose to move uh, north, I believe, to Maryland. And they lived there for uh, many, many years until they decided, no, we have to return to our family. We're moving out of the city. We need to be back with, with support in, in yeah. the country so our kids can, can run and play in the woods. And then they decided to, to fight the, really the state to say, no, our marriage uh, should be recognized. And so this one's important for me because I have an interracial marriage. And this court case was only about 50 years ago. Yeah, that, that, when you said that, I was just shocked because this is so far from what, my, what our viewpoints are right yeah. now, uh, what I understand our viewpoints to be, and, and at least my worldview, that I just didn't realize how recent this was. Yeah. So if you lived, probably if you lived south of the Mason-Dixon line and you wanted to have an interracial marriage, it would have been against the law. So yeah. literally what uh, my marriage would be illegal 50, 60 years ago. Oh um, my gosh. So if I were, you know, 80 instead of 30, then I wouldn't be allowed to marry my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the, the great thing about this is um, the, the main character, uh, I, I forget his name, I think his name is Robert Loving. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not Superman. He's not the, the most brilliant man in the world. He's just a good husband and a good dad. Mm-hmm. He's hardworking. He's simple. He's not trying to get attention, but he just wants to love his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a, it's a very beautiful relationship between he and his wife. I think the movie's rated G, so you could watch this with anybody. There might be uh, some thematic moments where a little, a little scary for very, very young children. Uh, but overall, I would, I would definitely watch this movie again. Yeah. A, little, a little slower. There's no, there's no action. There's no fighting. Um, <laughs> but, all right. So our last movie, the only yes. animated movie we have. What is it, Kimmy? Up. Up. <laughs> this is this movie's so much fun. Yes. Um, but you got to be able to get past the first ten minutes. Well, okay. The first ten minutes, in and of themselves, are probably one of the best movies about love ever. Absolutely. Yeah. No. This is. This is a power-packed 10 minutes. My wife and I first saw this. We were actually on the plane uh, to our honeymoon. Yeah. And we were trapped. We couldn't get away from it. So fair warning, first 10 minutes are the saddest 10 minutes of any movie you will ever watch. (laughs) It goes through every, just about every possible sad moment in the life of a human being in 10 minutes. Um, We won't spoil it. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and watch it. Um, but it's about an old man who has all these dreams and very sadly doesn't get to live them. Mm-hmm. And then he finds himself on an adventure with a little boy and they, they <laughs> take of sorts, a hot air balloon ride to South America <laughs> and they encounter, uh, an adventurer who as a boy, this, uh, this old man had idolized and thought was this, this perfect person. And yeah. he turns out to be a less than stellar role model. Mm-hmm. Um, but he... I think it's fair to say the old man had a little bit of a hardened heart because yeah. of the sadness he'd encountered in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is through learning to love this young boy that he's on an adventure with that his heart softens. Uh, and all of the dreams and joys that he'd hoped for finally are, are realized, mm-hmm. although much later in life. And so it's kind of a, a reminder that when things don't go our way, uh, we can't close in on ourselves and, and just be sad about things, um, but to continue learning to love and that. It's, it's through loving, it's through giving ourselves away that uh, we find the true meaning of, of who it is to be ourselves and, and are fulfilled in love. Yeah. Um, um, so there you've got it. The Princess Bride, Whale Rider, The Return of the King, Mary Poppins, Loving, and Up. 
any one of those would be a great Valentine's Day movie. And if you're really, really, really ambitious, you can watch all of them on St. Cyril and Methodius Day. <laughs> and, and this was our definitive list yes. of Valentine's Day slash feast day of St. Cyril and Methodius Day. So um, we hope that you take to heart some of these things and get to watch it and look for those moments. Like when you're, I love watching secular movies and like looking for the hidden truths that are there. Right. And seeing, wow, they're talking about this Christian theme. They're talking about something that's been so real for me in my heart, but they're talking about it in a completely different way. Um, and so I love like picking out those nuggets of truth about our faith from a secular movie. Right. And that there's, the the Lord put truth in all things. So, or, or not necessarily in all things, but there's a kernel of truth even in every error in the words of St. Thomas. And so in, in all expressions of art, if it's authentic, uh, an expression of art and beauty, we can find goodness there. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you, even if you don't watch these movies, look for, look for beautiful messages of love in anything you watch on this great day of St. Cyril and Methodius. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well... Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, we enjoyed being here with you talking about movies. And we look forward to being with you the next time. So until then, God bless. God bless. Take care, everybody. Ciao. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.